in studio to Teen It Up in the Swamps of Jersey in Charleston, South Carolina. This is Teen It Up presents the Sunday Sprint on a Wednesday. Nick Morrow's with us. Hello, sir. Oh, you know, just not wanting to incur overage charges uh, come Sunday in Aruba. For the love of the game, we're doing this on Wednesday. All right. This is going to be fun. We've got a Brock Osweiler Dolphin team against a Jet team that just has no targets. I don't even know who's going to play this week receiving-wise. Um... And their defense gives up big plays. This is as blur versus blur a matchup of of you know besides Thursday night football as I can think of. Um, you know the Jets losing ball power for the year was a huge loss. Um, he was very much a big part of their screen game, a big counterpart in, in the running game, and. You've got a situation here, Luke, where um, I don't quite know what the Dolphins are going to do. Um, they've been very helter-skelter at times. Brock Osweiler himself is helter-skelter. Um, you know, they're coming off a loss to the Texans that was pretty lopsided, 42-23. to 23. Uh, The Jets are coming off just a nothing game against... Chicago. Um, I have no idea how to read this game, and I don't think it'll be interesting. <laughs> well, there probably won't be a ton of offense, I would think, because uh, neither quarterback is is playing all that great right now. I mean, Osweiler actually he's not he hasn't played better than what we've grown used to, and he, you know he's playing for the starting job. He came out this week and said, for regardless of Tannehill's health, when Tannehill comes back, he still wants to be the starting quarterback. So at least he's motivated. He's got something to play for. Uh, but this is a matchup for the Jets, and they're in a different situation than they were to start the season. But, you know, that week two loss at home against the Dolphins was a tough one. After the win against um, Detroit, I thought that they would go out and win at home against Miami, start the year 2-0. and So you lose that one at home, and if you want to stay relevant this year, I think you have to find a way to try to go into Miami and win. And the Dolphins, are, I mean, they started 3-0. and They're now uh, lost four of their last five. So they're not all that good of a team either. So I agree with you. This is kind of a... A bland matchup, and uh, and one I probably won't be paying much attention to. But I guess it'll come down to which quarterback can uh, play better because both have had a couple of tougher weeks here of late. Sam Darnold has an excuse; he has no target. So the people he work with in camp and stuff aren't there. Um, not to make excuses for 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 a poor play, but the judges don't have a lot of offensive targets, and they did nothing at the um, at the uh, trade deadline to fix that. So. Obviously, they're hoping health improves and they can go in that direction. Also, they, they didn't want to leverage their future draft, which I understand because they're already down picks because of the trade-up for Sam Darnold. Um, it, um, Luke, one of the things that I've talked to you a lot about is getting me on the show to talk golf. And of all the things you talked about on your show today, um, the Shriners Hospital for Children Open was not one of them. Why? Yeah, it, it just got squeezed out. Uh, just didn't have enough time to get to this morning, unfortunately. Okay, that's a good enough excuse. All right, back to back to football here. Detroit, Minnesota. Is this the battle for who will win the NFC North? at least for the Vikings you know I don't think I don't think Detroit will be there what really intrigued me about the Lions is they're only a game out of first place in the north 
Uh, and they have three of their next four games in the division. They play, of course, Minnesota Sunday, and then they'll play the Bears twice in the next three weeks, and the Bears are in first place only a game ahead of the Lions, and yet they went out and they traded uh, Golden Tate at the, at the deadline yesterday, which for me was a little bit puzzling. Very. Store up the rush defense, and then a week later they get rid of Tate. And I know Tate has an expiring contract in the offseason, trying to get something for him, but you would think that you would keep around one of your most important weapons on offense to try to go and make the playoffs this year and then worry about Tate in the offseason and re-signing him and what he's going to do. So that was really odd to me, especially with the timing where their season is going to come down to these next few games and now Stafford doesn't have maybe his best uh, throwing option. So I'm glad that the Vikings are, are playing them now they got rid of Tate as opposed to beforehand. Um, and we'll see what the Lions do here moving forward. But, yeah, this North, I mean, they're all jumbled up. None of the teams that are playing particularly as well as maybe I thought. So Lions are still alive, but the next four weeks will probably decide their season for them. Um, what's your thoughts on this game? What, what's, you know, when you look at the Vikings um, at now 4-3-1, and one, um, you know, what's your outlook on this game? Because what's interesting, you know, Divisional games are always tough. Look at, you know, I thought that, that you and I said over the weekend that I thought the, the, uh, Patriots would beat the Bills 41 nothing, and it was not that for a while. Um, and they're coming off that, that 30 to 20 loss to the Saints on Sunday night football. What's your read on the Vikings right now? Well, the defense is playing better. It doesn't look like it in the final score Sunday night, but that was mainly because of turnovers. I thought the defense played really well. I mean, Drew Brees, granted, with the short field and stuff, he didn't have to do a ton, but I think he only threw for like 120 yards. The Saints, they scored 30 points, but they only had about 250 yards in that game. That's one of the best offenses in the league. So I thought, I think the Vikings defense has gotten a lot better in the past month, looking more like the defense that they were in the past. And they're going to need the defense to play like that in order to make the playoffs just offensively right now they're making too many mistakes they had a couple of uh, just boneheaded turnovers on Sunday that cost them when I look at this game against Detroit you know Lions finally have a bit of a run game for Stafford they're a little bit more balanced now you take away Golden Tate they always play Minnesota tough overall I'm not sold on Detroit I don't think they're that good of a team this year first year under Patricia but they always give the Vikings fits I would not be surprised if they go in there and they ruin the day for Minnesota uh, in Minnesota. But this is a game that the Vikings should win. But just from the history between these two during Stafford's career, I know it certainly won't come easy. Never seems to. Speaking of the NFC North, the game of the uh, uh, weekend is Rodgers versus Brady, um, Packers and Patriots. Why do you think... Green Bay has had these problems. Obviously, they traded Ty Montgomery right after he fumbled away um, a chance for him to win the game. But why do you think the Packers have not quite been the way that they should be? And, and how do you see this game playing out? Because this could be a 41-40 type game. Yeah, I would, I would say a shootout. I think it should, you know, I think it should be ugly in terms of the score on paper. Like, to me, the Patriots are a lot better than the Packers. I think the Packers are 500 because they just don't have the pieces, as I said, for years. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has hidden all the deficiencies of this team. You take away Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers are the Cleveland Browns of the NFL. I mean, they have nothing else. Um, so, uh, and, and what they did, the trade deadline was also interesting, much like the Lions. I mean, they traded away Montgomery, who I know uh, was causing issues in the locker room after Sunday's game, so he was probably going to get cut or traded. At least they got something for him. But you trade away Montgomery, you trade away uh, Ha Ha Clinton Dix, 
And so while you have other teams in the conference improving, the Packers instead are stockpiling draft picks. So similar to the Lions for me, it's like, you know, what are the Packers doing here the rest of the way? But they're only 500 getting through the easy part of the schedule. There's a good chance that they only have, will have four wins heading into week 13. I think Mike McCarthy uh, could be on the chopping block this year. And just all overall, the Packers just don't have enough talent. I don't think enough talent to go into New England and beat the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I think I think this game's closer than than one would think because of Aaron Rodgers. But in the end, I I, I think the Packers win that game. Uh, sorry, the uh, Patriots win that game pretty handedly uh, because of Tom Brady having his targets. Uh, we skipped over. We'll, we'll do Ram Saints last, which leaves us with da, 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 da. what was it? It was Pittsburgh Baltimore, right? No, 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 sorry, it was, it was Chargers Seahawks, Chargers, surprise team in the NFC, in, in the AFC West, Seattle has improved themselves and gotten a 4-3, and three. this is an interesting matchup, Luke, of two teams that um, are probably like one step behind everybody else, you know, their, their records are nice, they're playing well, but I still don't think they're in that next level of, 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 of uh, stalwarts. Uh, I would agree with you for the Seahawks, but I do like the Chargers a lot. Um, I think they have the third best odds in the AFC preseason to win the Super Bowl. And when you look at uh, the the Chargers this year, you know they got off to that slow start that I think put them kind of out of people's minds. But what you forget is that their two losses came against the Chiefs and the Rams, maybe the two best teams in the league. And against the Rams, that was on the road. Uh, otherwise, since then now they've won four in a row when they, the schedule has eased up a little bit. Uh, they go to Seattle. That's never an easy game to play in Seattle. But I think the Chargers are really good. Uh, their offense is phenomenal. As always, Phil Rivers is still playing great. they got some great options. Yeah, the receivers and, of course, uh, Melvin Gordon in the backfield. And Seahawks, on the other hand, I'm still not sold on Seattle. I really don't know how they're doing it because I don't think they're all that talented of a team. But Russell Wilson, of course, like Aaron Rodgers, is a great equalizer. And the Seahawks have actually ran the football more than any other team in the league this year. They're really committed to the run game. It helps try to shorten the games, keep the time of possession in their favor, uh, the other team off the field, and, and keep the games a little bit more balanced. But, you know, we've heard so often about how bad the offensive line is for Seattle. I still don't think it's very great, but they've been able to run the football, at least for Seattle. That will help keep Philip Rivers off the field and such. So that's how the Seahawks are getting it done. This is a very intriguing matchup. I think the Chargers may, may lose because Seattle's still a tough place to play. But in the long run, I like the Chargers a lot more this year than I than I like Seattle. Um, we shall see how, how this turns out, but it, it's just fascinating to me that Philip Rivers is, is is still doing what he's doing um, at this level. And you know, we we talked about this with Drew Brees, and, and we'll get to him in a second um, and what he's done. But what Philip Rivers has done this year, 17 touchdowns, three interceptions, over 2,000 yards, passer rating of 117. Excuse me. Um, his consistency this year has really helped them. No stupid, you know, picks or anything like that. Yeah, he's been excellent. He's a window thrower, as they say. Yes, yes. <laughs> You never quite know what's happening, but when he finds those windows and finds those times to step up in a big spot, he does. Rams, Saints, to me, Luke, I'm going to go out and say it right now. This is my NFC uh, uh, championship game matchup. Well, uh, hey, I could see it. 
they're the two best right now in the NFC and uh, led by their explosive offenses. And, and, and look what the Rams did yesterday, you know, uh, getting, uh, uh, getting Dante Fowler uh, to boost the pass rush. I mean, that's just a perfect trade. Yeah, and now they have, I think, all four defensive linemen for them are all drafted in the first uh, 14 picks of, uh, of a draft. So, yeah, a lot of talent uh, in the pass rush. And as we know, that's, that's uh, probably the most important thing for a defense for the Rams. Uh, and they could use it. The defense has been, been slacking the last couple weeks. Ever since the injuries in the secondary, they haven't been getting after the quarterback as much. So that is a really good addition, assuming he can uh, stay on the field because he's been a guy with, that has quite the long and, and interesting rap sheet since coming into the league. Uh, that he does. Um, where's your head at with the NFL this week? Where's How, how do you feel about the way this football season's going. We're, we're seeing high-scoring games, ratings are up. Where's your head at? Well, I, I hate the, the new NFL, if you will, with, with just the high amounts of offense. Uh, a lot of these games just aren't, aren't fun to me. Uh, I have going back to the Vikings-Rams on that Thursday night football game where, I mean, both teams almost have 30 points at halftime. I don't think there was a single punt in the first half. To me, that's not enjoyable. I know that's what a lot of people want. That's why the ratings are up. They want offense, especially with fantasy football. Uh, but I'd rather watch the defensive struggle a little bit. I want to see a bit of a challenge for these offenses as opposed to going right down the field so easily like some of them have done. I know the Rams are averaging like almost 40 points a game, and I mean, it's ridiculous. So uh, that's another game Sunday. Rams Saints will probably be just like that, where the two teams will be in the 40s. And a lot of people love that. Um, you know, to me, it's, it's not the best brand of football, but that's what the league wants, and uh, so, hey, that's what we have to deal with. You think it's the helmet rule, or is it something else? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a handful of rules. You know, the helmet rule really hasn't played a part. For no. Them, but, um, but, I mean, we just know all the rules protect uh, uh, protect the offense, whether it's how you can or can't hit the quarterback. Uh, they added the helmet rule, uh, all that sort of stuff. And on top of it, you know, I was talking with, um, during the coaches' show tonight for the Citadel, and the head coach of the Bulldogs made an interesting point because uh, he's not happy with the RPOs in the college game, and he brought up a good point that when's the last time they made a rule to help uh, the defense or to help the pass rush? And I couldn't think of an example, but he said the last time a rule was invented to help the defense was back in the 70s, uh, something about the offensive linemen using their hands. So, you know, it's always been geared towards offense. Every year we have new rules that make it easier on the offense, and this is just what the league wants. So um, it's a much more wide-open game these days and uh, leads to more points. Um, all right, Luke, we're getting towards the end of our show. Uh, I know. This Wednesday stuff just has this little off kilter, but we still have to end the show. Your game of the week. Oh, well, certainly have to go with that Ram. Uh, yeah, I'll say Ram Saints. Yeah, Ram Saints. Sleeper game. Oh, sleeper game. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Saul, as always, while I look. Uh, I'll say, you know what? I'll go Falcons Redskins. I was going to say the same thing. I think I, I I don't think Washington's for real. I'm sorry. So see ya. I'll believe Washington's for real when 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 Washington does it in the playoffs. It's the same thing as 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 the, as Marvin Lewis. Um, uh, your uh, game to watch golf during. Yeah. Go watch the Shriners Hospital for Children open. They'll be happy to have you on Golf Channel. Um, Because that game is just awful. Your upset special. Ooh, I haven't even thought of this. Uh, Let me go with... 
trying to look quickly. Uh, man, the Texans are underdogs in Denver. You know, I, I, since the Texans aren't favored, I'll take the Texans winning in Denver. Um, Fitz Magic. I think this is a Fitz on week versus a Fitz off week. Hmm, I could see it. And your player to watch. I'll go Baker Mayfield. Everything that's happened in Cleveland, I think things will only get harder for him here the rest of the way. I'm curious to see how he plays Sunday and moving forward. Now, with an offensive coordinator who's never called plays before and a defensive head coach who was kicked out of the league once. Yeah. And they're eight and a half point underdogs at home. Yeah, because they'll go back against the Chiefs. Yeah, good luck. Uh, that game may be 41 nothing. <laughs> Luke, we will talk to you next Sunday on a Sunday. All right, I look forward to it. Thank you, sir, and thank you all for listening to Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. And uh, sorry, Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint with Jeremy Schilling and Luke Morrow. Uh, enjoy. Right.